You're listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast with Pastor Dave Coop. Our Christian journey is really about learning how to commune with God. Other religions are not like that. Christianity is about God speaking to people from the garden to the book of Revelation, from Genesis to Revelation. It's all about God communing with people. Prayer is just us communing with God. And it's not just us speaking to God, but it's also God speaking to us. And if we can hear God's voice in a world filled with so many other voices, I really believe that he can guide our footsteps and we can enjoy the abundant life that he has for us. But if you're like me, it's a learning process to learn God's voice, to recognize it. There's almost a spiritual discipline around it. I just want to say this morning, it's not hard. It's not difficult. God wouldn't make it that way. It's really a pleasant, great experience to commune with God, to hear his voice, and to have an amazing relationship with him. If you're like me, prayer is a learned thing. I'm still learning how to pray. I do remember the first time I was asked to pray in public. Do you remember that first time you had to pray in public, maybe in a small group somewhere? And it was a setting, and uh, we were all together in this little setting, and they were going around the circle, and everybody had to pray out loud. And I was sweating. I I didn't hear what anybody else prayed about. I was just saying, okay, what am I going to say? It's got to sound spiritual, and do I pray long or short, and what are they going to think, and what's that girl going to think over there, what's that guy going to think, and I'm just, and I was really sweating just to pray. And God didn't make it that way. He really wants us to enjoy our relationship with him, enjoy communing with him. I was glad to know that I'm not the only one that had that experience. There's a guy by the name of Michael Jr. He had that experience in church. And I thought it'd be helpful this morning as we go to the message that you heard about his experience. So let's watch this. It'll help us for the message this morning. I remember going to church as an adult, right, for the first time when I started going to church, and I would walk in, and the pastor was like, he said, I want you to pray with your neighbor. And I'm like, well, my neighbor don't go to this church. I don't know if you need to... You want me to call my neighbor on the phone? That's creepy. I ain't going to do that. Right? Then they explained to me, right, your neighbor is a person sitting next to you. Listen, I'm brand new at this Christian stuff. I don't... Not, I didn't even know you're supposed to pray out loud, let alone with this lady. I don't even know this lady. What am I supposed to pray about? Lord, help these bumps go down on this lady's face. I don't know what I'm supposed to pray about. I don't know what I'm supposed to pray about, right? She went first. She was praying all good. and She must have been John the Baptist's little sister or something. She was like, dear Heavenly Father, you said in your word in the sixth chapter, the third, third verse of the book of Matthew, the 601st word on page 1248. <laughs> Lord, you said, but seek, S is in search, E is in everywhere, E is in excellent, K is in kingdom. <laughs> You're the Alpha Nisi, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha. I'm thinking, man, she even know his nicknames. Now, it's my turn to pray, right? But I don't got the spiritual vocabulary to just, but I'm not going to let her out pray me. So I'm like, okay, God, first of all, you are good people. You know, you are good, Lord. You are good. You are good to the last drop, Lord. Because, um, Lord, I, I just got to obey my thirst, Lord. You know, because choosing moms choose Jesus. So, Lord, because... You no, know, as the rec- as the rocket's red glare, Lord, 
It gave proof to the night, Lord. I believe I can fly, amen. Oh, is that great? Have you been there? He's like, man, I don't know how to pray. And it's just like a huge learning curve. And uh, if you're here this morning and you're thinking, I'm really on a learning curve, learning how to communicate with God, learning how he communicates with me, I want you to know you're in good company. We are all learning how to communicate with God. The good thing is, the big idea is God really wants to speak to us. And we have a lot of sometimes confused ideas on how God speaks to us because we can pick it up from a television show from a movie or from a relative or even from church we can pick up really weird ideas on how God speaks to us but the bottom line is God really wants to commune with us and he doesn't want it to be difficult he wants to lead us and so this morning we're just going to go through a few points on how God speaks and what his voice sounds like because if you're here the last couple of weeks we've been sharing that as much as we have physical ears we also have spiritual ears and we said to each other last couple of weeks You've got Mickey Mouse spiritual ears. And we should do it one more time this morning. Would you look at your neighbor and say, you've got Mickey Mouse spiritual ears. <laughs> I know it's really silly to do that. And I'm just, just trying to drive the point home that you'll remember you've got these great big spiritual ears designed by God that you can hear his voice. And as much as we incline our physical ear to listen to somebody... We have to incline our spiritual ear to listen to God. One of the reasons we have to incline our ear is because God's not a screamer. He's not a yeller. You probably know somebody like that in your life who was a screamer. It might have been a coach. Maybe it was a parent. Maybe it was a school teacher. Maybe it was a boss. They screamed. Not the best way to communicate. That's not God's preferred way of communicating to us. God's voice, number one, is gentle. So if you're going to want to take the notes and fill it out, the number one thing is gentle He communicates with a still, gentle, quiet voice. So that means you've got to incline your ear. Your Mickey Mouse ears have got to incline to him. And that also means that we have to become still and quiet. If we're all worked up and knotted up, if we don't take time to kind of defrag and be quiet, we're not going to hear this still, gentle voice. In the book of Kings, 1 Kings chapter 19, we've got a character by the name of Elijah. Elijah, he's a mountain man. Uh, the best way I could describe Elijah may be uh, John Wayne. Okay, if you think John Wayne, you got a picture of Elijah. He's kind of this rugged individual. And for a number of years, he has really just been out there and trying to steer a nation that got sideways back to God. He's having a tough time of it. There's been three years of no rain, famine in the land. The king and queen that rule the land, they're really confused, mixed up. People are starving, yet they take their prophets and they're giving them this amazing spread of food all the time. The queen, her name is Jezebel. She killed a bunch of the prophets, the teachers, the leaders of the land. It's a really rough season. So one time, Elijah calls King Ahab up. He says, meet me on the mountain. There's going to be a showdown. We'll see who's God's God. And you know the story, fire comes down and consumes the sacrifice that Elijah has there. And it is an amazing, amazing experience. And then the rain comes, and Elijah runs back. He outruns a chariot, 17 miles. He runs 17 miles, outruns a chariot, amazing feat of strength. God's spirit's upon him. And I think Elijah steps back, and he says, if there ever was a time and a season where this nation will say, that was God, 
this would be it. You talk about a demonstration of power. They saw a demonstration of power. The only problem with that is the Bible doesn't say God is power. The Bible says God is love. And we're much more to realize God's goodness in his love rather than a demonstration of power. Elijah goes into a bit of a depression. A man goes into a deep depression because he wants to commit suicide. He says to God, just kill me now. Uh, this is worse. I, I just should have stayed in the mountains with my, with my father, should have stayed with my people. What am I doing this? Just take my life. God does him a favor, gives him some food, gives him a rest. God's interested in your physical needs as well. And he ministers physically to him. Then he takes him to another mountain, and God gives him an illustration. He gives him a picture message. He sends wind, winds that are so strong, hurricane force winds, that rocks are literally breaking. Then he sends an earthquake. Then he sends fire. But God doesn't speak in any one of those things. After all that happens, God sends a still, quiet voice to speak to him. And we read that in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 12, where it says, And after the earthquake, fire, and, but God wasn't in the fire. And after the fire, uh, a gentle, quiet breeze. You know, when we're in the storm, like Elijah, we really need to pause to hear God. You can't save a drowning man if he's struggling and, and just flailing his arms. You can't save him. You have to say, okay, Relax, I'll save you. And then you can pull him out of the water. And when we're all wound up and flailing, it's very hard to hear God speak to us. This is where Elijah was at. The voice of God sounds gentle, quiet, still. In Psalms it says, be still and know that I'm God. So one of the ways to hear God is just to settle yourself down and hear him. Now that doesn't mean you have to sit in a lotus position somewhere in nature to hear God. That could happen. But you can hear this gentle voice in a boardroom to make a decision. You can hear that gentle voice with a family meeting. You can hear that gentle voice on the SkyTrain. That gentle voice can be heard anywhere. It doesn't have to be you're quiet and there's no noise around you. It's a quietness of your spirit, calming your spirit, living with a calmness on the inside that allows you to hear that gentle voice. Number two, what else does God sound like? Well, his voice sounds like the Bible. I know that's not a new revelation for us, but it's good for us to review. If we're new, especially, it's good for us to know. Because sometimes we think, man, was that God speaking to me or was it not speaking to us? Well, first of all, it's very important that when we hear God speak to our hearts, that we check with this. Does it line up with God's word? This is the tuning fork. This is the measuring stick. Because if it doesn't line up with this, it's not God speaking to us. The same Holy Spirit that inspired these words to be written is the same Holy Spirit that lives in us. And the two will never contradict one another. This is always the final authority of what God has said to us. A number of years ago when we were in the United States, Cheryl and I studied there for a year. And there was this lady who came up to us, and she had God speak to her. She says, God has spoken to me. And we're like, we're really, it was shortly after the experience Cheryl talked about earlier, after we were filled with the Holy Spirit, and she had the, we had this amazing experience in our lives. We were there studying and learning a lot of things, and this woman came along. She says, God spoke to me. And we said, oh, well, what did he speak to? Well, he said that I am going to marry that other woman's husband. I'm going to marry that man. And I just thought, man, there's something wrong with this picture. But she seems so sure, like so spiritual. God has spoken to me. I'm going to marry that man. I thought, yeah, but he's married, but God has spoken to me. I don't know who spoke to her, but it wasn't God, because that would not line up with scriptures. I know that's kind of an extreme example, but you get the point. Whenever God speaks to us, it will line up with his word. 
number of years ago when, in the church when we were still meeting in the Landmark Hotel, there was this individual that came. She came to church, and one day she came, and she says, you know what? God spoke to me. And God spoke to me and said that I shouldn't, I should do church at home by myself. That's where I should do church. I don't have to do and shouldn't do church with other people. I need to be by myself. I think it's much safer for me to do church on my own in my own apartment. God spoke to me. Now, it sounded really good and really almost spiritual, but it didn't line up with God's word because his word says clearly, do not forsake the assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more. So as much as you think, God spoke to me. No, God wouldn't say that because it disagrees with this word. Look what Jesus said in Mark chapter 12, verse 24, out of the Message Bible. Jesus said, you're way off base. It's possible for us to get off base. And here's why. One, you don't know your Bibles. So if we want to know God's direction, his voice, it's very important that we know the Bible. Proverbs tells us, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. How do I acknowledge him? I acknowledge him by reading his word. I acknowledge him by studying his scriptures. Then I get to recognize his voice. They'll sound the same. One, he says, you don't know your Bibles. And two, you don't know how God works. It's our responsibility, if we want to hear God's voice, to know the Bible and to study how God works. Then also in Luke chapter 24, it's a story after Jesus rose from the dead. Two are walking on the road to a town called Emmaus. They're walking along, and they're talking about the fact that Jesus, this great teacher, this great leader, had been crucified. They, man, he was a good man. He shouldn't have deserved to die. And they're having this conversation. And the next thing you know, there's another stranger walking with them. And they say to the stranger, you know, haven't you heard what happened? Because they're sad. They're sad that Jesus had died. And he said, you know what? Let me tell you. And he explains to them who the Messiah is from the Scriptures. And this stranger talks about this. They sit down, they have a meal, the stranger breaks bread, and when he breaks bread, they go, this is no stranger. We just walked with Jesus. He was incognito, but now all of a sudden they realized this was him. And they just went, wow. And look what they said in verse 32 of Luke 24. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened up the scriptures to us? How will God reveal himself to us? He reveals himself through the scripture. That's really what burns in our heart. So God's voice sounds gentle. God's voice sounds like the Bible. It'll always line up with that. Number three, his voice is always peaceful. Peaceful, one of the fruit of the spirit. If the characteristics of the Holy Spirit are gentleness and peacefulness and joy, then that's what he'll sound like. He will sound peaceful. We have inside of us a peace meter or a peace compass, and it is one of the best ways for God to guide you with this peace on the inside of you. Because if it's not peaceful, then God's telling you to be careful or don't go there. A number of years ago, I was the chapter president for an organization called Full Gospel Businessmen Fellowship International. It was great. Business guys getting together and women, and we had these amazing meetings. It was a lot of fun. I was really young, green, really, and felt privileged that they allowed me to be the president of this chapter. And it was a thriving chapter with great meetings. And I had a board around me, and I, a lot of them came on the board when I was president. They were already there. And the treasurer was a great guy. He picked us up in his Lincoln. I remember, he took us to the meeting. I thought, what a great guy. Very, very caring and all the rest of it. And as the year went on, I just, something didn't sit right about him. I couldn't put my finger on it. He was a nice guy. He was always there. And, and I talked to one of the other fellows. I said, you know, something just doesn't feel right. He goes, oh, Dave, everything's good. He's been around for a number of years. He's, he's a great guy. I said, yeah, but I don't know what it is, but I just, something isn't peaceful in my spirit about this. 
And so the year went by. And then the next year, he, when we did elections again, he said, you know what, I'd like to serve again. And normally after a couple of years, people say, yeah, I'd like a break. And, or if they want to serve again, that's nice. But this guy just seemed to me just a little bit too eager to serve again. He served again, and I went back, and I said, you know what, I still don't feel quite right about this. And so the fellow that I kind of reported to, he said, well, let's send in an account and check the books. And so he brought in an account, and he went through all the books, and he came back and said, Dave, it's all okay, nothing wrong. I go, oh, man. Oh, well, at least I did my due diligence. At the, the worst of it is I, I, at least I tried. But the interesting thing was, after the year was up, I stepped down, a new fellow came in, and he was a research scientist, very analytical, loved to get into the details. Then he came back about a month later and he said, you know what, Dave, your hunch was right. That guy has stolen, it was well over $10,000 from the, from the chapter. And he was good enough to pay it back and all the rest of it. But I learned an important lesson, to follow the peace here. It didn't make sense here, but my... The peace was missing on it. God was leading me by peace or by the absence of peace. It was just registering on the inside. Watchman Nee is a Chinese theologian. He said this. It's worth writing down. He said, you're led by the spirit, but you'll prove it with your mind. In other words, oftentimes your heart is ahead of your mind. Your mind catches up later. That's why the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. It's not that I don't lean on my understanding. It's just that I, my heart is where he leads me. He's a spirit. So he'll lead us by peace. His voice sounds peaceful. In Isaiah it says, For you will go out with joy. You'll be guided in peace. The mountains and hills will make melody before you. And the trees of the field will make sounds of joy. If you have your Bibles, go to Isaiah chapter 55. An amazing chapter. It's a chapter that's forward-looking. It's talking about our Messiah, about Christ's coming, but it's also, at that time, present tense. It's written to them while they're in Babylon, and they're going to be coming out of Babylon, out of captivity. In Isaiah chapter 55, verse 3, it says, Incline your ear, come to me, hear, and your soul shall live. Well, what ears was he talking about? It's the Mickey Mouse ears. Incline your Mickey Mouse ears, and you will live. You'll have this amazing, abundant life as you incline your ears to hear what I'm saying. Then you go down in this chapter, we won't take time to go through every verse, but in verse 6 it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he's near. Seek him, draw near to him, listen to him. Then it says, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Now listen, if we want to hear God with our Mickey Mouse ears, that means we have to forsake some of our thinking. If we've got stinking thinking, and we're thinking carnal thoughts, worldly thoughts, selfish thoughts, instead of God's thoughts, our signal to hear God gets really fuzzy and it's hard to tune in on what God's saying to us. So the the Lord says very clearly, forsake some thoughts, forsake some ways. And some of us are having a hard time hearing God because some of the habitual things we do that act as a resistor to hearing God. It's not that God's not speaking, but what we're thinking on, what we're taking in, is actually causing that signal, so to speak, to become fuzzy for our ears to hear. So he says, forsake those, your ways, get rid of some of those thoughts. Then in verse 8, he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways, your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, my thoughts and your thoughts. Now, folks, this is one of the keys to hearing God 
Because we need to hear God in the midst of our storms, in the challenges of life. It can make the difference between buying the right house, buying the wrong house. Marrying the right person, marrying the wrong person. Hiring the right person, hiring the wrong person. Getting the right job versus the wrong job. The right school versus the wrong school. We need God to guide us through the maze of life, and God wants to. But if our thoughts are in the wrong place, it's hard for us to hear him with our ears, our spiritual ears. He says here, think my thoughts. Higher thoughts lead to a higher way. Lower thoughts lead to a lower life. So we think those thoughts, and then we come down to verse 12. You shall go out with joy. You shall be led out with peace. That peace, that joy, hearing God's voice, catch this, is really related to what we're thinking, what's going on between our ears. And really, the only person who really knows what's going on between your ears is God. Because, I mean, there's outward things we could see and signs and evidence, but really, God only really knows what we're thinking about. But it's very much related to your spiritual ears, how you hear him. So, that's number three, peaceful. Number four, what does his voice sound like? His voice sounds steadfast, sure. It's reliable, single-minded. It's to the point. Steadfast, very solid. Have you found out that God is not long-winded? When God speaks, he doesn't kind of ramble on and ramble on. And, you know, he says, oh, you know what? And by the way, and add this. And I was just thinking, you know, no. God is very specific to the point and I think if God Twitters, he's like half a Twitter. Like, I, I, Twitter's 100, was it 140 characters. I think God can do it in 20 characters. I mean, he's just like, he's just to the point. It's peaceful, it's gentle, it's steadfast, but he doesn't need a lot of words to get his point across. Have you found that out? It's just, he just kind of speaks to you and he's like, okay, I, I hear you, God. When he spoke to Jonah, he said, Jonah, go to Nineveh. It's wicked. Go proclaim my love there. I'm paraphrasing. Jonah says, oh, I'm out of here. I don't want to go. That runs the other way. Gets swallowed by a whale. Ends up on land. God says the exact same thing again. Jonah, go to Nineveh. No more further instruction. It's just the same thing. Very steadfast. Very single-minded. Go do this. I think another reason sometimes we, we're having trouble hearing God is because we haven't obeyed the last thing he said for us to do. Jonah didn't hear anymore until he first did what God had asked him to do. Then God spoke more to him. So God's to the point. He's sure. He's reliable. He's single-minded. Yeah. He's progressive. As we obey him, God shares more with us. Number 23, verse 19, there's your verse. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said, will he not do it? Has he spoken, and will he not make it good? One thing you can count on, God keeps his word. Amen? That's good to know. Number five, what else does God sound like? Well, as we said, he sounds gentle. He sounds uh, like God's word. He sounds like the word. He sounds peaceful. He sounds steadfast. But you'll be glad to know this morning, he also sounds personal. He knows your name. You know, my wife, she calls me Dave, and I love it. When she, when she, when I, when she speaks to me, very personal, warms my heart, and I love it. My mom, I love when she talks to me. She calls me David, and uh, your mom, says, and if she really needs to talk to me, it's David Kenneth, you know, and she, goes, she, she calls me by my name, and maybe your mom did the same thing, and she, she's very personal, knows my name. Well, guess what? God knows your name, and he, he speaks to you. He uses your name. 
He's very personal. He knows every detail about your life. He knows exactly, he says, the number of hairs on your head. He knows the exact number of hairs on your head, and he knows the number of hairs you used to have on your head. He, he knows all this stuff. It's very personal. He knows the details of our life. When he speaks to us, it's personal. When he talks to a farmer, he talks about farming illustrations. He talks to a carpenter, carpentering illustrations. So if he talks to somebody in our generation, I think he would use a lot of computer analogies. He would talk about, uh, for instance, last week we, we were sharing about how God is not overloaded if we all pray. He can handle all the details. He's got enough bandwidth to handle our, all our prayer requests. And when I shared that, I could just see people, the lights going on. Yeah, God could do that. There's no limit on his bandwidth. But I mean, no, 30 years ago, that illustration, everybody goes, what are you talking about? Today we talk about, you know, when God speaks to us, let's download what God has for us. We, we get that analogy because he, he speaks to us in a way that we can understand. To a Frenchman, he speaks French. To a German, he speaks in German. To, you know, to somebody from China, he may speak Mandarin. But he speaks our language. He, he knows us. It's personal. One thing I love about Christianity, he's a personal God. It's not just one big blanket statement to all his subjects. We're not his subjects, we're his children. Isn't that great? He says, I call you friends. How does he talk to you? Personal, like a friend. He says, hey, I'm knocking on your door. Invite me on in. Let's have coffee. Let's die. It's personal. So how does his voice sound? His voice sounds personal. You'll recognize his voice because it's, it's personal. And with being personal, let me share this, that whatever he speaks to you will line up with your purpose in life. Because every one of us are designed a little bit different. This guitar, for example, has a certain design. It's got, uh, it's got a long neck. It's got some strings on it. It's got some knobs on the end here. This is a guitar that's designed for purpose. And design reveals purpose. The design of it lets us know what it's for. Now, you have a design. You've been designed in a certain way. In our equipping basis, we call it SHAPE. We borrow that from Rick Warren. He came up with this acronym SHAPE. S stands for your spiritual gifts. Everybody's got different spiritual gifts. Everybody has different hearts. Some things really motivate more you more than others. You have a different abilities, talents that you've been given. You have different personalities here. We have different experiences in life, educational experiences. Sometimes we've had painful experiences in life, good experiences in life, travel experiences. So this has shaped us and made us who we are. We're designed a certain way. Now, when God speaks to you, now catch this point, very important. When God speaks to you, it will always line up with your shape and with your purpose. For example, if, if my shape, well, let me put it this way. My shape is I have very little musical gifts. My, my parents really tried on that side of it. I, and I wish I did some more musical gifts, but I'm pretty well tone deaf. Uh, I, I still can't figure out when they, they, they sing different parts. They sing tenor and, and what's a soprano or alto and Cheryl will say, okay, you pick this part, and she'll be singing. And she'll, okay, I'll sing this part. You know what? I really can't tell the difference. There's no way. I have no idea what they're doing. It sounds really pretty, but I, could, I cannot figure out what they're doing. So God's not going to say to me, David, would you join the praise and worship team? He's, <laughs> he's not going to speak that to me because it doesn't line up with my shape. And God's not going to speak to you to do something that's outside of your shape. If you really are passionate about, let's say, music, and you love music, and you love working at the music store, and you love music, he's not going to say, 
you should go be a mechanic and work in a garage because it's not your shape. Those are examples. So it helps us to recognize his voice. It will line up with your shape. Why do I share that? Because sometimes people come up and they'll have these way off ideas. I said, man, this, doesn't, this isn't you. This doesn't line up with what God's called you to do. Why are you taking that on? This doesn't, doesn't look like you even. I think you need to rethink how God's speaking to you. None of us hear God's voice perfectly. I think we all, like Paul said, look through a glass dimly. We're we're human. We're finite. There's always things that can get in the way. That's why when God speaks in our hearts, it's good to check with his word, then also check with other church friends and family and just say, you know, you think I'm okay on this? Especially if it's big decisions. Get wise counsel. Make sure that you're you're on the right track. And usually you are. People say, yeah, go for it. You're you're right on. So it's good to, to just check in. Number six is it always glorifies Jesus. When he speaks to us, it brings glory to Jesus. It leads you closer to Jesus. Now, James 3.17 is a filter. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure. It's also peace-loving, gentle at all times, willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no partiality. It's always sincere. Folks, this is our filter, if you like, on how God speaks to us. Is it pure? Is it Willing to yield to others? Is it full of mercy? Is it full of good deeds? Is it sincere? If, it's, if it sounds self-promoting, if it sounds like it's an instant way to get wealth or fame or something like that, then you know that's not God speaking to you. A couple of weeks ago, I watched a documentary on uh, the tragedy of Jonestown where so many people committed suicide because somebody said they heard from God. But if you were to run it through that filter, you go, no, 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 that's not God. Part of our role in church here is to equip people to hear God's voice. If it, if it doesn't run through those filters, you go, wait a minute, that's not God. Paul said, if I speak it, or somebody else speaks, or even an angel from heaven speaks it, but it doesn't line up with God's word here, then don't listen to it. And we're saying the same thing here today. You have to run it through his filter. And this verse here in James is a good filter to run it through. Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it self-promoting for yourself or even self-promoting for somebody else? Run it through the filter. It helps you to hear God's voice in a world that's got so many voices. I I think the Bible wants us to talk about this. Because it says in Peter, in the last days, there will come many seducing spirits that will lie to people. And we need to be aware how to hear God's voice. When there's a lot of different voices out there. Then lastly, his voice is convicting, not condemning. Convicting in a good way. If my child wants to run out in the street, I will convict her. I'll go up and say, honey, don't go this way. Because if you run here, that truck's going to run you over. Let me show you. Come this way. We're going to walk over here. And we're going to use the crosswalk. That's conviction. And by the way, it's better to actually use the crosswalk when we go across Georgia Street instead of running through four lanes of traffic. Just, just an idea. It's, it's a good Christian witness, put it this way, to go across. I'll tell a story, and if, if you're here, it happened to be you. Don't blush. Don't look anyway. Just look straight ahead, and nobody will think it was you. But there was this... Pastor Brian, he's off at the door greeting. He said, hey, you know, we, sometimes we debrief on a, after a Sunday. He said, we had a fellow run across the street, and he's fairly new to church, and he really didn't, 
he's just exploring church, so we give him lots of grace, cut him lots of slack. But he ran across the road and through four lanes of traffic, and as he was coming in, just this last part coming over to the church door, somebody honks, I'm like, get off the street, buddy. And so he kind of flipped him the bird, and then, <laughs> and then he walked into church. And, <laughs> and as he walked into church, he said, oh, I guess I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> no, you shouldn't have. Uh, but he was new to church, and he thought, you know what, I'm going to check out church. And so, oh, yeah, come check it out. But I'm just saying it's probably best to use the crosswalks. <laughs> Convicting, not condemning. What's, what's, see, there's no condemnation to those in Christ. Romans 8 says there's no condemnation. What's the difference? That's a tactic of our enemy to condemn. Condemn is it's general. It's not specific. God would specifically say, Look, stop doing this. If you go that direction, you are going to hurt yourself and others. Let me show you another way to go that will lead to life. That's conviction. It's healthy. It's good. We want that. That's a loving father saying, let me help you. Condemnation is this. It's general. It's not specific. It says you're a loser. You're not worthy. You're not valuable. God can never use you. It's general statements that condemn you. But in Christ, there is no condemnation. I love Romans chapter 8. Wow. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weaken through its weakness of the flesh, God did by sending his own son the likeness of sinful flesh. Romans chapter 8. Great chapter to study. No condemnation to those in Christ. Remember this. God's voice is not condemning. Convict you? Yes. Lovingly? Yes. Because we're his children, but never condemning. You could be here this morning and say, I don't know if I hear God's voice. I'd like to. Here's the deal. Jesus said in John chapter 8 that those who belong to God hear what God says. If we belong to him, we'll hear him. This morning, let me ask you a question. Do you belong to God? If you belong to God, you will hear him. If you like to belong to God, it's not difficult. The difficult part Jesus did when he died and removed the sin barrier between us and God. Simply a matter of accepting what he's done for us through Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to download free notes from this message, then visit our website, www.coastalchurch.org.